My name is Deandra Poe, and I'm the founder of Glass Soldier, a duty-bound and data-driven nonprofit dedicated to the elimination of sexual assault in the U.S. Armed Forces. In this podcast, we will explore the pervasive culture of military sexual trauma and how we, as a collective, can change it. Welcome back, everyone. It is episode four of season two. You are in the right place, so do not adjust your dial. I feel like that aged me a little bit, the dial. Anyway, I'm so excited, but then again, I'm always excited to be back on the air with you all. So again, I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I thank you. It is April. So April holds a special place in my heart for so many reasons, good and not so good. So let me start with the not so good, because usually when you give people like an option to have good news or bad news, they'll be like, give me the bad news first. I guess it's a way of us saying, if, you know, throw me to the ground and then pick me up and give me ice cream. At least that's in my head when I'm thinking about somebody giving me bad news. But anyway, the bad news is that April is the Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So that's, I know it's not bad news to have awareness, but it's not good because it feels like there's like the needle on this issue moves minutely forward and sometimes even backwards. So I'm grateful for the awareness month and that we have something that can highlight such a pervasive issue and sexual assault awareness month is our wheelhouse. This is, you know, where we get to talk about a lot of more important issues than we do any other time of the year. So that's the bad news or the bad part of it, the not so good part of it. The good part of April for me, because it's a huge month for celebrations in my house, my husband's birthday, my son's birthday, my daughter's birthday, two of my godchildren's birthday, and a good friend of mine's birthdays. So essentially the good news is I get to celebrate life with all these amazing people in my life. The bad news is I'm broke by the end of April. So if it's not your birthday, you're not getting anything from me. Just know that. But if it is your birthday, shout out to you. Send me your cash app. Just kidding. I don't use cash app. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to today's topic at hand because we are going to do some truths, some facts, and some myths. I'm going to say some truths because everyone has their own truth. But we're going to do some myths and some facts about sexual assault and sexual harassment. These myths and these facts are probably known to many of you listeners, and some people may be shocked to hear some of these. The point is to help you understand the facts statistically around sexual assault and sexual harassment. So I will give this trigger warning. We are about to talk explicitly about sex and sexual violence. So if you are triggered by any of these topics, I implore you, please fast forward to the end where we get to talk about some more good stuff or put a pin in this episode and come back. And if you do get triggered during my podcast now or in the future, please reach out to somebody for help. Use your healthy coping mechanisms or phone a friend who can bring you kind of back to present and back to center help you find your safe, calm place. So one of the first myths I want to talk about are victims cause the violence that happens to them. Yes, this has literally been said. 
a lot of people believe that the victims are the root cause of why they've been assaulted or harassed. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what someone is wearing or how they are acting. No one asks to be raped or assaulted. People who are sexually assaulted are often use force or threat or injure a person. So absence of injuries does not always indicate that the victim consented. And this is one of the reasons why this myth and fact are so personal to me. And I might be might repeat this again because there are some nuances to this. I was not brutally assaulted. There weren't any marks or anything left on my body. There was no punching or kicking or screaming at all when I was assaulted. There's a good reason for that. And again, I'll dive into some more of the nuances, but every assault is not a brutal assault. And again, that also stems from the fact that we mostly know, and I give you the statistic here, about people that are assaulted and the people that assault them are known to them. Stranger assaults are very rare. Next myth. There's no reason for a victim not to report being raped to law enforcement. Rape is probably the least reported and convicted violent crime in the U.S. So there are a lot of reasons why people choose not to report to law enforcement or even in the military. We know why in the military. Reprisal, fear of coming forward, the environment doesn't permit. There are too many reasons why someone doesn't report in the military. In society, it can be the same exact thing. The person has power. The person has the ability to make that person's life miserable. That person may still live with them, be in their home or be around them more often than the person cares for them to be. So there's fear. There are a lot of reasons why people don't come forward. And it's not because there's just no reason not to report or that we don't want the person to be held accountable. We absolutely do. But more often than not, people believe that nothing is going to happen because society would dictate that nothing usually does. Next myth. Victims provoke sexual assaults when they dress provocatively or act in a promiscuous manner. This is clearly geared towards women because unless someone's willing to say that men are usually associated with dressing provocatively or promiscuously, this is definitely geared towards women. But rape and sexual assault are crimes of like violence and control. Very rarely do they ever extend because of what someone is wearing. Again, I have to reiterate, in the military, we're all wearing the same uniform. We all look alike. Uniformity is the key. Everyone's body is shaped differently. We may all look different in the uniform, but it's definitely not army greens that tell someone that I will take what I want. And it's because that uniform, whether it's the army or not, again, that's my point of reference, or the Air Force or the Marines or the Space Force. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Everyone wear any same uniform. So that myth is debunked out of here. The next one. If a person goes to someone's room or house or goes to a bar, he or she assumes a risk of assault. Hmm. It's like saying that someone who goes to church risk being saved. 
that's so weird to me that we just assume that, and, and it's so broad too. If you go to a house or a room or a bar or in public, or if you just live, you are assuming the risk of being assault, assaulted. If something happens later that they can't claim that they were raped or assaulted because they you know, should have known that leaving the house would lead to something like this. I, again, some of these things, um, the reason why I'm saying some of these things is because these are things that have actually come out of people's mouth. So not to be funny, not to, or even close to coming to these are so ridiculous. Why am I even saying them? Because there are people that think this way. But the fact of the matter is the assumption of risk placed on the victim is so wrong. It's ludicrous. Even if a person went to somebody's room or house or a bar, it doesn't mean that they are consenting to engage in sex. It doesn't. And we'll talk about the how far we can go and what consent, you know, sounds like, looks like, because it's different in different states. And that in itself is tragic. So next myth. It's not sexual assault if it happens after you're drinking or taking drugs. And again, thanks for playing, but wrong. Being under the influence of alcohol and drugs is not an invitation for consensual sex. Again, a person under the influence of drugs, actually, they don't have the ability to consent. So it's literally taking advantage of the situation in somebody because they're in a vulnerable position. Alcohol does not mean consent. It is in some situations the very laws that say that you cannot consent while you're under the influence of drugs and alcohol. So again, this has to do with consent. Alcohol and drugs have nothing to do with it. And while I know that drinking is a huge problem for some branches with younger people coming in who are not 21 years old, so they can't drink, someone's buying them the alcohol, which is the problem. But we're asking some very immature and young people to make some really big adult decisions without having the tools and the resources to really understand what the environment and the culture is, what they're walking into, and to really be mature enough to make those decisions. Is you have an 18-year-old that you're ready to hand an automatic weapon to and saying that you may have to kill somebody. However, you're not allowed to drink. Yeah, just sit with that for a second. And again, I know the people who are like anti-drinking. I'm not condoning drinking. We're saying that drinking is a part of their coping mechanism or anything. There are a lot of people that are social drinkers. And when you're young and you have this newfound freedom, fresh out the womb and right to, you know, basic and to your new duty assignment. Yeah, let's be real. Next myth. Most sexual assaults are committed by strangers. It's not rape if the people know each other. Well, yeah, this gets into spousal rape, which is another topic. I think we'll save this for domestic violence month. But again, fact is most sexual assaults are committed by people the victims know, especially victims between the ages of 18 and 29. Two thirds of them knew the offender or had a relationship with them. So No, most assaults are not committed by complete strangers. That's what I was talking about earlier. In my case, I knew this person as well. This person 
not just I know because you wear the uniform, there should be an assumption that if we both wear the same uniform, then we both have the same values or at least a compass that points towards the seven core army values, if nothing else. So no, there, you know, assumptions can be wrong for so many reasons. And to assume that someone holds the same values as you because you wear that uniform can be a mistake. I said it. Next myth. Rape can be avoided if people avoid dark alleys and other dangerous places. I don't know who said this. They should be punched in the face. Not advocating violence. This is just stupid. To avoid dark alleys and dangerous places, this is so Hollywood. And that perpetuation probably comes from Hollywood. It probably comes from movies. And this person watching an insane amount of Netflix, knowing if you've ever watched a documentary or first 48 hours or anything that has to do with real life, you will understand that the fact of the matter is, is that rape and sexuals occur at any time of the day in a lot of different places to a lot of different people. So no, please get rid of that assumption and change the channel. Next myth, it's only rape if the victim puts up a fight and resists. Fact of the matter is, there are many reasons why victims of sexual assault don't fight or resist at all. And that has to do with the fight, flight, or freeze. And there are a lot of, there are a few different nuances to that, either with fawn, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Have to be very careful how to say that. Either way. When those things kick in our body, you would think, and I think I've shared this in my story, that as someone who was in her 30s, my thought processes around being attacked, having to defend myself, going through combative classes, there's no way in my mind that I was thinking I would ever allow myself to be the victim of an assault. But when you are being held down while your children are sleeping in the other room. And this is for men and women because there are single dads out there as well. Your parental instincts kick in. Mine did. My parental instincts kicked in. And the thing that was going through my mind is, please don't allow my children to see this. Please don't let them wake up and see this. Because I had a teenage boy, a fairly new teenage young man. And as my mind is going through so, you know, so many scenarios in my head outside of please just do whatever you're doing to me and be done before they wake up. That's what was going through my mind. Please don't allow him to wake up because if my son sees this, what if he fights back? What if he does something to him? What if he hits or does something to my son. Yeah. Again, you've heard my story. You understand that I was thinking this is about to turn into a whole different situation. Would the mama bear in me be different than the person that was sitting there taking this? So fight doesn't always kick in. Sometimes it's survival. Next myth. Sexual assault is often the result of miscommunication or mistake. <laughs> Sorry, I did laugh because I don't really understand how somebody could miscommunicate. Flirting, sure. Like, I definitely like want you. 
we definitely have a vibe going on. But sexual assault is a crime. It's not a mistake. So the miscommunication between two people is when someone says no, that that person keeps going. It's no longer a miscommunication. That person said no. Or in the case of somebody was drinking, you understand that they can't say no. It's not a miscommunication or a mistake. It's intentional at that point. And if you don't understand no, then you definitely shouldn't be out flirting or, or um, kind of making contact with people if you don't understand what no means. Again, I said what I said. Next myth. Sexual assault won't happen to me or to anybody I know. I will be the first one to admit that I thought that way. It won't happen to me. Uh, came in with all the the confidence in the world that I was just ready to be a you know a change agent. I was ready to go into the military and just you know I was going to be the one to do things different. I was setting the bar high for my children, for my family, for my friends. You know, look at this like bad chick, thirty something years old, going into the military. But no, men, women children, all races, all religions, all economic backgrounds, everywhere can and have been the victims of assault. It's not a matter of who you look like, where you live, what you do. It doesn't matter. Anyone can become and has become the victim of sexual assault. So much so that statistically here in the United States, a rape or an attempt occurs every five minutes. So within the span of my 30-minute podcast, and we've been going for about 20 minutes now, four people have already been assaulted or raped. And that could be a man, a woman, or a child. Speaking of men, next myth. Men cannot be assaulted. Men can and are assaulted. Statistically in the military, they're low. They are slower to come forward. And for various reasons, stigma plays a huge part of it. According to my research in Colorado, one in 17 men are assaulted in their lifetime. And because it's so underreported, we don't really know the number of men that are assaulted. So, last myth if a person is aroused, she or he, then it's not really sexual assault. And I think this was played out on Law & Order SVU a number of years ago with the stripper and being assaulted. And it's kind of just been really dove, dived. We really got into it a lot with men being assaulted and talking about arousal. Orgasm doesn't mean that someone enjoyed sex or that they wanted it. It's a natural biological reaction and some people can't control it. I think people really like to believe that men and women can control orgasms. Again, there's nuance to even that. Yes, for some people, it takes certain things, positions. It takes certain movements. It takes a certain amount of time, especially for women. That does not mean that that is consent. If a man is aroused or if a woman somehow has an orgasm when she's being assaulted, it doesn't matter. 
it is a natural reaction. And I really wish that, you know, we talked about that more. I would love to go into that more. I just, I could be here all day talking about that one particular subject, but I won't because what we talked about was a lot, a lot of myths. And I want people to really understand that these myths have been perpetrated in courtrooms and not just by the perpetrators, but also by attorneys and judges. These things are being said by people who should know better, who are in a position to defend and or judge cases. They have been discussed repeatedly by women, high profile people, and even clergy. So my goal is not to dispel all the myths, but to connect my story in a way that helps it resonate with the human side of people listening. There are people out here that's, that really do believe some of these things that I've said today. And we use this word ally a lot. If you are an ally, if you are someone who really understands that sexual assault is wrong, according to all of these things that I just said, then it's also your part. You play your part by helping educate people. So, and now it's time for, are you aware so I need a jingle for this. I really do. I'm loving my Are You Aware segment. But so this is where we highlight some very important movements in national, international, and global awareness realms. And I'm excited again about April. So April is not just Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It is a very special and frankly, probably the most important day for me personally. It is Autism Awareness Day on April 2nd. My son, Josh, my little Joshiwashi, who's 24, has Asperger's. And this kid has got to be the most quick wit, funniest dudes that I know. He has always, always tried to make me laugh whenever he saw me having a panic attack. So Autism awareness has a really special place in my heart. And on April 2nd, I am encouraging everyone to go get your puzzle piece t-shirts, your puzzle piece stickers, tattoos. I don't really care. Don't go do that um, unless it's really important to you. But on April 2nd, bring awareness. People with autism deserve just the best hugs that you can give them on April 2nd and every day of their life. So even though, you know, Josh doesn't still like to wash behind his ears, he's, <laughs> he's funny. He's funny and I love him. And to be fair, most people don't wash behind their ears anyway. April 5th is Gold Star Spouse Day. And if you know a spouse who is a part of the Gold Star family, again, I'm, I'm a hugger. So I'm going to encourage you to hug them, but do something special and cool to keep the memory of their honored loved one alive. April 9th is National Formal POW's Recognition Day. This day was commissioned by President Jimmy Carter in 1979 in response to the Vietnam War. So I want to bring awareness. April 9th, to date, as in like 2021, I think the statistic, to date there are still over 1,500 missing American soldiers from the Vietnam War. So here is the good... <laughs> Here is, I'm about to get to the good one of my favorite awareness day. So COVID is slowing down. It is National High Five Day on April 21st, National High Five Day. So when was the last time you gave somebody a good old up top? You don't even know because we don't even touch hands anymore. <laughs> April 21st, high five somebody, put a glove on. I don't really care. 
High Five Day, April 21st. And lastly, April 30th is Honesty Day. And I honestly don't know why we need this day. Did y'all get the joke? I should have had like a drum. Yeah. I'm going to go do more research. I don't know why we need Honesty Day. I'm not sure what we have to do on Honesty Day, but we'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Anyway, that's my show, people. Stay encouraged. Be good. Do good.